Hello, hello, Better Business Podcast listeners. First and foremost, I'd like to apologize for the small break I took. But then again, do I need to apologize? It's my podcast, and I can do what I want, right? It feels like I went MIA from a group of friends, so yeah, I guess I'm sorry for that. But the reason is because I recently relocated from Hong Kong back to my hometown, Toronto, after 13 years. This was a big milestone of a decision, and I needed to allow myself and family to acclimate back. So I am back now, and I'm ready. For my very first guest since my Canadian return, I have an American of Greek descent who lives in Costa Rica, Danny Kravitz, an entrepreneur, business owner, medicine woman. Danny owns and operates La Ruca, a hostel on the Caribbean coast of Puerto Viejo, Costa Rica. In the podcast, we talk about her humble beginnings as a registered nurse who was living the American dream, but then had a lot of shit hit the fan and completely transformed her life. From an autoimmune disorder to insanely dodgy entrepreneurial encounters to life-changing relationships from all corners of the world and the simplicity yet power of doing things from the heart. Danny continues to be a shining example of someone who's gone through so much life, learned the ins and outs of the hospitality business, and will continue to lead with her heart. Enjoy. So this is pretty like um, casual, but uh, we'll just see how it goes, and it's good to sort of like have this yeah. in person. So, um, all right. So, Danny Kravitz, welcome mm. to Better Business. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time, mm. and this will be just like a, a nice and natural conversation. Um, I guess to start off, what, describe to us where we are doing this podcast <laughs> episode. We're in a car on the side of the road in Toronto outside of a condo near the highway <laughs> <laughs> so we're, it just speaks to the mobility and flexibility of today's working mm. workplace yes. and uh, not that we call in this work but it's mm. it's I think something that's interesting that when you want to make something happen you just do it yes right and I think that's the beauty nowadays and it takes effort takes passion and a willingness to sort of participate to show up and I really appreciate you for this. Um, as my guest, my first guest in Toronto, um, I want to just start up with asking you a question. Can you share with everybody and share with me, what is the most recent compliment you've received from someone lately? Mm. Well, besides you bringing me here today, I feel honored for this. Thank you. Um, the most recent compliment. Oh goodness. Let's see. There's been Last so night, many. No. <laughs> well, just with everything so heavy in the world right now, um, I have a lot of people reaching out. Um, because of my business, I have like a little worldwide connection. And this one chica in Ireland, she wrote me last night and she was just in a dark place. And she's like, I just needed to get away. So I went to the sea and just got a little cabin and she was just giving me her whole download of of sadness and mm. i was like okay and so all i did was give her a little voice clip you know tell her that she's loved and protected and safe and held and if she ever needed anything i'm here we only met once 
and we met for a month in a yoga teacher training and she was kind of quiet but mm -hmm. you know we had a connection and she just wrote back Danny thank you for sharing your love and your light and your voice is so calm and just thank you and so that like really hit me last night I would Aww. say that was a big one that's really really good what yeah. what made you like do you have interactions like that a lot yeah actually um because of being, I'm going to call myself a space holder or okay. a mama bear or a nurturer. Yeah. Um, and my business has helped form me into that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yesterday was a big day for that. I don't know what was going on in the stars, but people were hitting my phone up left and right. Wow. From all over the world. Wow, that's fantastic. It's an honor. And then, <laughs> besides, or I was making dinner, and then all of a sudden, it was almost as if all of that energy kind of like funneled through, and I just had to stop and sit down and kind of cry it out for a minute because mm. it was so much energy. And I don't think we allow ourselves to cry mm. so much. Like mm. as humans, we're kind of taught like suck it up, let's go, keep moving. And so, I like to think that I was able to do that for us as a collective. It feels like, like you're like a sponge in that <laughs> yeah. sense, right? Because yeah. you kind of when you accumulate all that I mean water or emotion or whatever mm -hmm. it's saturated mm -hmm. and somehow you've got to squeeze it out and you know literally speaking when you said you cry it out like mm -hmm. the water of the sponge comes out exactly. so that you can replenish yourself and become whole again right mm -hmm. um, yes. that's beautiful um, <laughs> I want to just ask you so what what brings you to Toronto Oh goodness, love! <laughs> Your brother brought me to Toronto. I do have a really cool connection, and I've been able to meet up with some friends here, which has been amazing. Uh, but yeah, your brother, mm. brother brought me to Toronto. <laughs> I did not plan on coming here. Wow. My goals were to go to India. Like I was gonna have my whole business, everything set up, and I just need to go to India. I want to deepen my spiritual practice, my yogic practice, um, and then you know. Love happened. Uh. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I to think. Say <laughs> I think that that's. Uh, it shares and shows a lot about like your personality. Mm. To you know, you have these great lofty plans. As you said, mm. India is a great place, and um, but it also shows a bit of spontaneity as well mm. too. And when you see something right, then then you go and you do it right. That's a good really awesome sign of not only a human being but a leader right because you're willing to take those steps because those the first those are the hardest steps and, and you've definitely done that mm. but i want to ask and the audience probably wants to know like <laughs> where are you coming from oh my background yeah um, well i was born in upstate new york uh half of my family is greek macedonian and the other half is a mix of european um so yeah that was my upbringing was very mixed um and then moved to arizona for a little bit then back to new york became a nurse because of my big heart mm -hmm. and wanting to quote unquote save the world mm -hmm. um my mother was like getting your senior in high school what are you going to do with your life i was like i'm to save the world mom she's like you can't just show up to foreign countries and say here i am <laughs> you have to offer them something i was like shit she's right so I went into nursing because it was the least amount of school. I don't like school. Mm -hmm. I love to learn. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I mm -hmm. love to learn. I love to absorb. But when somebody's like, sit here and do this, not my, not my form of learning, mm -hmm. my style. Uh, so yeah, I went to nursing school, became a nurse for three years. Uh, and then my house actually caught fire and I lost everything. Wow. So I had the American dream. I had the job, house, car, partner, dog, everything you 
you know, they say that you need and want. And I was miserable. And I was working in oncology, which is cancer, right? And I was losing, or I felt like I was losing pieces of me every time because of that emotional sponge. Wow. It was a great learning experience. Um, and they do, they try to train you, like, don't take your work home, don't take your work home. But for me, it was just like, these are humans, mm -hmm. these are people, and mm -hmm. it was really difficult for me. So I like to think of the house fire as a blessing in disguise kind of thing. And so my whole world got flipped upside down. And so I took that as a sign to travel. So I traveled the United States for three months living in my car, like crazy, hippie gypsy kind of girl, just soul searching. Wow. And I went from New York down to Florida, across to Cali. And when I was living in a park with a bunch of homeless people in my car, I was like, something's got to give. Like, I need to get a job because I had my savings from nursing and they were dwindling after yep. three months. Right. Yep. And I was also supporting another person on the road. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it got to this point where I was just like, dear God, universe, divine, whoever's listening, please. And that night I got a phone call from a friend who was from Syracuse, upstate, and I'd go visit her, we'd party together, whatever, and she would play music, amazing musician. She'd play music in Puerto Viejo Limon, Costa Rica, and New York. So she called me from Costa Rica and said, Danny, what are you doing with your life? Your house burned, you, lost, you quit your job, and I heard that you're living in your car. You said you were gonna come visit me five years ago, now's the time. And I was like, oh my God, she's right. And that night, it was like finally I was able to release the uh, the water from that sponge because I hadn't processed anything. Wow. Just like driving and searching and trying to process all yeah, of yeah, what. Yeah. You, you couldn't know. do that when you're already f so full. Exactly. Right? And so I just slammed the car door closed, took the keys and started running and running and running and crying and crying. I was like, oh, okay, this was the sign. Like all wow. that emotion, like taking the leap of faith to come here. I was just like, oh, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? But it feels kind of good. So I'm going to do it. Boom. Wow. And so I got in my car that night, slept like a rock because I finally was mm -hmm. able to, you know, release mm -hmm. and then drove home. It took me a week to get home and I worked for my mother's cleaning and hauling company because I didn't want to go back to the hospital just for a little bit of time. So I got yeah, enough money for a plane ticket and I arrived to Costa Rica Limon uh, with $250 in my backpack. Wow. <laughs> Scared shitless, but wow. also ready for life. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm very like... I don't think I've heard that story, obviously, and it's obviously the best to hear from <laughs> you directly. It just sounds like a huge whirlwind of a mm, shit show. It was. And you've sort of been to hell and back, and, mm. and, and here you are, and it's amazing. Like, just to process all of that, like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Tell me about um, how La Ruca started. Ooh, okay. And, like, just for people who don't know, like... If you have, like, to start that off, like, what is a one-liner, like, promote promo of La Ruca first so that mm -hmm. we get a baseline idea? Mm -hmm. And then tell me the journey of how that started and, and that being a next step in your sort of career. Okay. So La Ruca, our slogan is your home away from home. Okay. So it's a place for travelers to come lay their head. <laughs> and it's there are hostels out there that and I mean there's even the movie Hostel which is really petrifying and scary but it's not that it's the complete opposite I promise um, so yeah people come you can be in dorm style and sleep with other travelers for the night or you can have a private room 
and that mama bear energy that I hold I'm mm. like yeah come stay with me mm. um, my big dream was to actually have an orphanage I wanted I saw the whole picture in upstate New York or somewhere in the States is like I'm gonna have all the babies and I'm gonna save them and everything's gonna be fine little did I know that LaRuca was gonna become an orphanage of sorts Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, I get that. <laughs> it started off. So I was really, I mean, I told you I had $250 and I was hustling. I used to make jewelry. I bartended. I fire danced. I did everything that was in my tool belt at the age of 23 to be able to pull out and, you know, like hustle in a foreign country. I did it. I was uh, scrubbing toilets at one place just to have a meal and it was just like all the odds and ends but I didn't mind because people were so real there they were just like who is this white girl coming in here doesn't speak our language is butchering it but <laughs> she's trying and they just they op they welcomed me with open arms okay. and I was one of the first to be able to be there and do it now 10 years later we have paved roads and everything is more um, touristic for sure right so I started, yeah, just hustling and it felt good because I was able to have like some sort of direction like, okay, you got to feed yourself, you got to clothe yourself, you got to, you know, the basic human needs. Mm -hmm. I was able to just do it and I'm like, okay, this is great. And so I slowly worked my way up to LaRuca, which was not LaRuca. It was a disgusting, overgrown jungle taking over, mold everywhere, wannabe Airbnb. Okay. So this couple from Austria needed a cleaning lady. And I was like, I'm your girl. I know how to scrub. I know how to clean. That's what my mother has taught me how to do. So I showed up and I was cleaning and they said I was cleaning too well. Whoop. And I was like, what? There's mold everywhere. Like, you're going to make people sick. And they're like, no, 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 Daniela, just, just don't worry. I'm like, listen, you don't even have to pay me. Just pay me whatever you think I deserve. But I cannot actually bring people into this place if it's not clean Perfect. so that yeah. was like my number one thing okay um, and then the woman actually took back off to Austria she was not feeling the Caribbean vibe and then the guy he stayed I want to say a couple more months and he even kind of like came on to me a bit and it was just like a weird energy and mm -hmm. I was like oh but I needed a job and mm -hmm. I needed a place to sleep mm -hmm. and he offered me yeah he offered me a room for free and then any cleaning or flyering so flyering was going to the bus stop with a flyer to try to get people to come in to stay at the place, right? So these were my new hustles, my mm -hmm. new mm -hmm. <laughs> work. Um, so he, yeah, he gave me these tasks or whatever, and then he took off a month later and was like, Daniela, you're doing great here. Can you watch the place? He's like, uh, okay. And I'm like, what is going on? He said, I'll be back in three weeks. Everything will be fine. Just make sure, you know, you get people to come and stay here. I'm like, okay, cool. And in the mix of all that, it was almost like this freedom because I'm mm. like, oh, I get to make this mine a little mm. more. I can, yeah, I can do what I want. Wow. Anyway, he did not come back, nor did his wife. What? They said they were the owners, but they weren't. Then I met my business partner, David, who was also a traveler. And he went to school for international business. I went to school to be a nurse. So with that balancing force, it was like the foundation of what made the business able to survive. Okay. Um, so yeah, he and I start co-working together, like, okay, let's make this something. So I'm cleaning, he's trying to reconstruct, which also, we are 23 years old, we don't know what the hell we're doing, we're probably not even supposed to be in the country anymore, like, what is going on, who knows? 
And so this German guy comes in. He's like, my name is Klaus. I am here. I'm the owner. Who are you, American people? What are you doing? And we're like, uh, we've been running this place. Who are you? He's like, no, I told you. I'm the owner. I'm like, okay. So more or less on a piece of loose leaf paper, we write Klaus Daniela David. And he's like, okay, you pay me 50-50. You guys run this place. I will stay when I want. And pay the bills and blah 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 and like we barely have enough money to get by like this place is disgusting wow. we need to bring money in but he just he just was a bit delusional let's okay. say okay okay um so after i want to say another year of all this back and forth we find out he was not the owner oh it's like my another goodness. lie on top of this the real owners were a costa rican man and a german woman living in berlin oh my god so they called one day Mind you, there is no like system. There's not even a paperwork system. It's just a desk and wannabe bungalows. Like it's wow. a wannabe Airbnb and two 23 year old kids trying to make this something, right? Wow. So we're like, okay. And so yeah, everything was old school style. I'm making everything binders and paperwork mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yes, these German people call and like, okay, so who are you? What's going on? We've heard about you. We have eyes and ears around this town. We want to make a new contract with you because we've heard good things. Okay. So I go to the lawyer and be ready by November. This was like two months away. Like, okay. So it was our Thanksgiving in American style. So they showed up on Thanksgiving. We presented them with the new contract. They didn't change a thing. Everything was in our favor. Wow. Yeah. It was incredible. Wow. What is going on? On. this is wild like my wildest dreams are coming true like I get to have this home in this space to create Wow and of course I Skype with my mother and she's like you're not coming home I was like well no she's like, okay I had a feeling <laughs> so we just start creating and so for four years uh, we were renting and then by that fourth year same thing we give them a call like hey our contracts about to be up they came we presented them with a new contract, same thing. They signed it, no questions asked. And that was like our, that's when we started owning it. So we owned the business and the land. Wow. Yeah. It's been a wild So, so till today, until when you first started, how long has this journey been so far? Ten and a half years. Ten and a half years. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. First of all, yes. like <laughs> kudos to you for going through the hardships of like those lies in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that must have been so disheartening. How did you and David manage to um, to become resilient to it? Like, because <laughs> leaders and business leaders are are fraught with challenges every day. Mm -hmm. And when you have been working on something, a hundred percent, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and then someone shows up, says they're the owner, and potentially can derail your entire you know plan and and what you have what was it in within you to keep going when you said we are so screwed etc 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 like what was that voice inside your head what was that that kept you going so it's really interesting you asked that because of the house fire i felt myself like i was small i didn't have a voice and then after working there it gave me, like I said, it gave me that freedom to create and I could feel my power and my energy start expanding. And I want to say like LaRuca kind of took on the energy of both David and I and vice versa. And 
especially when this man Klaus came in. It was like, you stupid American woman. All of a sudden, this fire was back in me. And I'm like, you can't talk to me like this. Absolutely no. Because I was working from 6 a.m. till midnight, like trying to make this place something. And I guess it was just force. It was power. It was just this energy like, no, that I finally had back. But if he had talked to me a year before, I wouldn't have been able to speak hmm. back to him like that. Hmm. And also... David, having his background in international business, was able to kind of like put that in the face of Klaus. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, yeah, I want to say like redirected that a little bit. Mm. Klaus was an old 78 year old German man, like very stuck in his ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when we kind of, me gently, after the force, gently came and mm. I like got him little presents and mm. made sure he felt comfortable and all that. And it was almost like he needed to see that I was, I guess, strong enough okay. to be able to face him. Oh, so he's testing you. But... That's what it felt like, for sure. But also, like, that young fieriness in me was just like, uh-uh, you can't talk to me like this. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I guess that put us on a more balanced playing field, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. Mm -hmm. And then David stepped in and also worked with him. Um yeah, it's just, it was the passion of, I want to make this something. I want to create, I could feel it in me, that that whole orphanage feeling, that whole, I'm going to make something here mm. and nobody's going to stop me. Mm. I love that feeling. And that's when you said about the mama bear and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. That that sort of comes out. I mean, I love how much, like, how challenging that was but I think it it feels to me that that came so naturally mm -hmm. to you at that moment because it was like that was your child in a, mm -hmm. in a way right exactly, yeah. and you're like you are not like those instincts came through mm -hmm. I want to ask you because there are so many strong independent women mm -hmm. in business who are not in the positions that they rightfully deserve. Mm. And of course, it's always been a big narrative of, you know, equality within the workplace. Mm -hmm. If you had an audience of all of these women who are amazing, strong, but they have their voices suppressed or they lack the confidence, they don't have that mama bear, you know, um, feeling um, or energy or force to come out. What advice would you give someone? Because not everyone's going to go through a fire where their house is burned down. <laughs> right. Not everyone's going to go through the toiling of creating and, and sort of washing everything and cleaning something that becomes sort of their own, that you, you feel a sense of ownership with. What do you tell these women mm. in the workforce <laughs> to summon their inner mama bear <laughs> Out because I think that's such an important thing that you were able to overcome at such a young age mm -hmm. but we know there are people out there who are who don't have that mm -hmm. through whether they're 23 or 33 or even 53 mm -hmm. in the workplace or in relationships but what advice would you give these women mm -hmm. to summon that out yes okay so like you said many women are voices are suppressed or you know this is the thing that also helps me when I do feel low or not quote unquote good enough or whatever is like looking in the mirror and you do it for you, yes, but you do it for the thousands of women, women that have been suppressed, that their voices are not heard. And that goes into a bit of my belief system of we are the ancestors now. The ancestors that have passed, all those women that have made you you now, 
and men, okay? It takes two, right? It takes mm -hmm. two to tango. Mm -hmm. But all those voices that were suppressed, how do you get to stand up and be, like you are embodied, you are a part of this world right now. It is a gift, it is a pleasure, and it is an honor. Mm -hmm. So how do you look in the mirror? Or you, this is what I do, is I look in the mirror and tell myself these things. It's like, even if tears are running down my face, even if I don't feel it, it's like those, those little mantras, those little sayings, those affirmations of, I'm here, I'm doing this, I'm good enough. And it can be the simplest of things. And it's just about changing the patterns or the, the thoughts of our mind. It, it's just one little thing a day that can help empower you, that helps change your perception of, of yourself or the feelings of not feeling good enough or anything like that. It's just the tiniest little thing switches the synapse of the, of the mind, right? So the, I would say baby steps, brushing your teeth, you look in the mirror and you tell yourself, I got this. Mm. I'm rocking this today. Mm. And yeah, oh God, there's so there's so many tools that you could use for sure, but that would be like number one because you get to look into your eyes and your eyes are the gateway to your soul. Mm. I like that. That's really cool. Like this a bit of those words of affirmation from yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Are there specific like you said are there specific mantras or lines that you use that you can use as an example? <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to ask. Um, you can just keep like two or three yeah. of them. Let's see. Um, the most, like the simplest ones, I am strong, I am powerful, I am brave. I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm brave. Yeah. Awesome. Those are really good. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people will take a lot of good advice from this because... It seems so simple sometimes, mm -hmm. but it's always the simplest of things, which is the hardest to do or actionize. Um, I'd like to ask you a bit more about from a from a business standpoint. Mm -hmm. You took this on. Um, the owners gave you free reign. It felt like too good to be true in a certain sense. I'm sure you or David were thinking like, you're like, well, we got away with murder or whatever, right? Or we just, you know. Um, how has it developed from those early days to now? Like, it must have been very different then than it is to now. Can you tell me about, have, has LaRuca in your mind the vision for it? Because you said you'd always wanted an orphanage. Mm -hmm. Has that stayed true all the way from when you first started till now? Mm. How has your vision changed? Mm -hmm. um, so what's one thing that has stayed the same? And what's the one thing that has fundamentally changed about your business? Okay, so definitely one thing that has stayed the same is the heart. My heart. And it, it's dipped, not going to lie, just like a heartbeat, the ups and the downs for sure. But the, the heart of that slogan, the home away from home, that is who I am and what my business is. And many people have reflected that back to me. So it's been affirming to be like, oh, actually, yeah, that the people feel my work. That's amazing. They come back from all around the world. Like my mind was blown. My heart was just exploding. Like people want to come back here. It's a in the in the past, it was like a shitty little Caribbean jungle home, and I'm like, okay, sure, yes, come, come back, <laughs> please. And even like the gifts that they bring. Oh, I noticed that you know you didn't have an extra whatever, so I brought one from my country. And like, 
oh my wow. gosh because it was back in the day it was very hard to get supply because mm. we were down in the caribbean coast mm -hmm. and going to san jose was a seven hour or six to seven hour bus ride mm. and trying to get around the city you don't know where things are and yeah so it was it was a hassle um and so nowadays after these ten and a half years of that whole I say orphanage feel but it because it's it grew into something more than that it grew into community and family and people feeling safe to express themselves and it was it's it still is a very diverse mix you we've all learned different cultures different languages different feels and um, we've had family dinners together where you bring a dish from your country and you sit around and we talk about life mm. and that is something that I feel as if we've lost a lot of and we're coming back to like mm. our generation is one to bring back the heart mm. and that's what yeah that's what it is the heart of Laruka mm. but my and my future plans now are to keep that of course that is my foundation that is the base uh, but and to build on top of that bringing in the bigger picture of so another <laughs> another fun piece of Costa Rica I was in a seven and a half year lawsuit for this next chunk of land right behind Laruca. How big is it right now? What's, um, what's the size? All of it. Mm -hmm. If we get everything that we actually want, will be like a an acre almost. Okay. Okay. So. How many soccer or football fields is that? Oh, uh, that's a great question. I have no idea. Does, One, it, does it seem like three football maybe, fields? Yeah. Two. Maybe two. Fields? Maybe two. Two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's say two. It's a lot of space. It's huge. And we have, we're waiting, and this uh, gangster guy from one of the cities up in the north of us was squatting on the land for seven and a half years, and we finally won. And so my plans are to expand, of course, and build more of like the, the nomadic lifestyle of living, because people are working online, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So to make co-working space, and then on top of that, more of like a movement yoga shala, but, and in these... Uh, co-working spaces bringing in yes you have your little cubicle to work in but let's step outside and you can have your little zen garden or a hammock to chill in so keeping the mindset of duality and yes you have to work we all work to get by but where's your mind at where's your body at where's your spirit at and mm. that's what I'm trying to bring in and cultivate into the future of the Ruka mm. is just um, yeah more awareness more mm. awareness of thyself and community living. How big is the Ruka right now? Like how many okay. rooms and stuff? So I have three dorm rooms, okay. three private rooms, okay. and then my own little apartment. Okay. So it's pretty, so, just a, like yeah. a little nice boutique yeah, place, right? Yeah. Okay. Our max was, uh, like max max capacity was 56. Now we're at about 30. Oh, 30 people? Yeah, from whatever's happening on the earth right now. Oh, they can all live at the at La Ruka right mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. Even with just six rooms? Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's like dorm, dorm style. style? Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's you what the community it. feeling is. Exactly. In wow. What type of people? Mm. So I mean, mm. I'm I'm looking because you you share a little bit more, which is great. Like this is usually what happens in my podcast, where the questions that I have lined up, they are naturally like uh, nice. my guest naturally answers them, okay. and so we're actually kind of like nearing like the middle end of it, but and we can obviously keep going. <laughs> but I, I want to ask you now that. Uh, you know, understand the nomadic lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you about your people. Mm -hmm. Who are these types of people 
coming in and s- whether they're returnees who, who love it and come back and bring stuff to you, who are Laruka people? Larukans. <laughs> Larukans. Exactly. Yeah. Um, people, these people, my family, they're definitely my family. I know you can't always uh, choose your relatives, but you can pick your family. And they too come from the heart. People that are a little bit, I don't want to say slower um, with the mind, but like we we take our time a little more and connect. It's like that eye-to-eye contact, like touch, physical touch. Oh my God, I've missed you because we have been separated and then we come back together and it's almost as if Laruka is like one of our charging stations. Cool. It's like we come, we charge up and then, you know, sporadically go out to the earth again and wherever we're from, we recharge and refuel with our other family and come back. So these people are very, I want to say, um, goal-oriented go-getters and just loving caring hot kind humans really and and i like to think like your vibe attracts your tribe or law of attraction kind of thing and if i do sit back for a moment and think that i am absolutely honored to be reflected by those humans because mm. they're incredible people mm. do they come from all over the world or are you finding that there's more from a certain part of the world that just made me really emotional i feel so grateful for that uh yeah all over the world i have a lot of german friends i mean i have friends here in toronto and montreal and all over australia italy where is one country that you would love to god if someone from (laughs) this country or wherever Mm -hmm. in the world came i would be so i mean i mean you're embracing everyone who comes right but um, there must be because it's like word of mouth, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone from, say, Germany comes, they're going to share their friends and most likely more people from Germany are going to come. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have a wave. Mm-hmm. But what is, like, if you were to shout out, because this is the World Wide Web here, <laughs> this is everywhere in the world, I would like to create, think, and think I have a global audience, which I think I do, but is there is there any area of the world where you're like, you know what, like I don't know this many from this place mm-hmm. that I really feel as though this can be a recharge station for them mm-hmm. and and don't think about like traveling because right. I think that for sure if someone has to travel over 20 hours to come it, it's obviously more challenging mm-hmm. but if someone's going to want to make it happen they see the connection they will make it happen but, but where in the world would you want oh, to sort of goodness. explore and have them come not you explore they you explore through your guests mm-hmm. I would say Africa okay. for sure because okay. actually that's where I quote unquote one thing wanted to go before Costa Rica. Oh, my wow. just like the whole India thing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to Africa. Wow. But my mother was like, Can you please just go somewhere a little closer? And then the whole thing with my friend. Got it. Um, like real authentic African root. Um, because being in the Caribbean we have a lot of Jamaican mix and all that. Mm-hmm. But to bring in yeah, some African friends and, and learn the indigenous ways of their people would be fascinating. Uh, yes. Wow, that would be really, really cool. So anyone who can listen from Africa, please go to visit uh, Laruka and become a Larukan. Um, from, a, from a business standpoint, mm. I wanted to ask you, was there a playbook on this? Uh, I, I pretty much I think I know the answer but maybe what I'm trying to get at is you probably made the playbook yourself mm-hmm. what resources did you rely on or look towards 
to give you a bit of guidance because I think running a you know a destination resort hostel whatever you want to call it an experience it's not something that say for example I mean just you're being a nurse mm-hmm. you're not trained for that mm-hmm. right in the hospitality industry there are definitely things in the hospitality industry that you've got to get right if you want to sustain that experience and and being a great human being from the heart is definitely number one mm-hmm. but what other things or areas did you use as resources to help you along the way mm-hmm. I would say actually like nursing foundational like getting my own structure into place because being a nurse you do have to like okay I have 8 to 16 patients how am I going to make sure that I am on time for so and so's medication and you know so and so needs a walk so that kind of structure and foundation I was able to bring in um, and also watching my mother, she's an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and watching her and sitting next to her at her desk and like, okay, all by paper, you know, pen and paper, we make our playbook like this. And so I was able to somehow use um, little snippets from from childhood and growing up and, and high school even, it's like American high school, just how it goes. And so that play hard, work hard attitude, I was able to bring in. I definitely, once again, going to that American standard, worked way too hard. Mm. However, I am a believer in you work really, really hard in the beginning, and then you can, you know, reap the benefits, benefits of all that. So, are there like hostile associations mm. around the world? Are there other people? I'm sure other people in Costa Rica mm-hmm. that have that. Like, did you have them on as mentors, guides? So that's interesting you ask. Because of all of that foundational work that I put together, it was a lot was from my brain. Like I just started making things like, okay, it was like a lot of critical thinking because there was nothing in place. Like I made my own playbook and I met so many people that was like, I want to start a hostel. I want to start a hostel. Mm-hmm, like, do you really? Mm-hmm. I'm like, come here. Especially if they were volunteers. Like, I'm going to show you how I started. Are you ready to do this? Wow. And people like, because if you're a volunteer or an employee coming in, you see the surface level Mm -hmm. you have no idea what the foundation Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of young you know young people that want to have this passion of like I'm gonna do this it's so cool and like it is and it is so cool and it is so much work Mm. it's not just managing the the guests that are coming in it's managing everything and you know putting together all of these things and I remember one one young man in particular he was just like I don't think you understand um what you're actually doing here and I said excuse me like what do you mean he's like well he just, he got a little bit mouthy with me let's say and so I, well, he was one that I brought into the back room and I said please sit down I want to show you who I am I said I hear you see this foundation this big rock that's me and here's everything else going on let's say on the grass level and then here's the foundation and the structure where everybody's having fun and partying and going to the beaches and all that that's where you are watch me take this rock away what happens when he said oh I said okay now we can all be all of these things and that's the beauty of this and that's what I'm trying to show you yes I can have fun with you but also remember that's where I am and it kind of changed his whole perception and we got on even stronger after that which was beautiful Um, so yes that being said I've had many people come through and actually this really cool Israeli couple came through and they stayed a year as my volunteers. Wow. A year, wow. which is unreal. 
And their main goal, they left Israel, they wanted to be hostel owners. And so I taught them, quote unquote, my ways, right? Like an and then, internship. Mm -hmm. And they opened a hostel down the street and I and David have been able to help them. Wow. Like get their, That's amazing. their thing going. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's going to become, it could become like a collective. It could. Oh, it right? definitely could. Yeah. Do you have a certain, um, sorry, I was going to say, what piece of advice mm. would you share so that that young gentleman who was a bit mouthy to you, you obviously <laughs> showed him that. So I have two, this is two parts. Okay. The first part, what piece of advice would you give to anyone of the young people or whoever says this is so cool I want to start my own hostel and I want to be a hotel owner and all that stuff a resort owner uh, my parents have cash I have savings I just want to buy a place buy a land and just do it mm. it seems so cool what advice would you give to anyone who says that who hasn't begun yet mm -hmm. okay I would tell them firstly make sure <laughs> firstly connect with your local people around you see what they have to say, see what's actually going on around the place that you want to start. Because that's also something that I've noticed with um, a small town, all of a sudden, you know, big money comes in and they start taking away from the ma and pa's and it's, it's detrimental to the livelihood of these people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, just making sure you, if you do have that cash and that money and that drive, connect with your local people because they are going to help you be that rock they will mm. help you be the foundation mm. um so definitely that that's number one connection. okay okay now the same this part two of the question what advice or words of wisdom would you share to them anyone who's on the cusp of starting their own business <laughs> and this is perhaps the person mm -hmm. who Maybe you want to, who's already leading a digital nomad life or nomadic life, someone maybe who is a, a nurse, someone who is well-rooted, who is already living the American dream, quote-unquote, but who says, I'm done with this. Like, I don't know. Like, where am I going with this current trajectory? Mm -hmm. I have an inkling and I hear about entrepreneurship and I hear about starting my own business. One, I don't have the guts. Mm -hmm. Two, I may not have the funds. Three, I have no idea about the playbook. What can you, Danny, share to someone who, who's thinking about something like this? Not necessarily a yeah, uh, yeah. thing, but any business. Okay, it's like Nike, baby. Just do it. <laughs> you gotta, do you it. gotta just do it because you can sit there all day and play the what ifs in your mind, and that's what will hold you back. If you really have an idea and a passion like we hear this all the time oh follow your heart follow your passion what do you love to do do what you love like those cliches are cliches for a reason and yes my passion was to have an orphanage but it it formed and shifted in a different way but i was still following my heart the whole time yes it takes hard work yes it takes a lot of blood sweat and tears but the flowers that bloom afterwards are absolutely stunning because they're part of your creation. And it's not just you and you alone. And when you recognize that, when you are coming from the heart, that frequency and that vibration that spreads out or ripples out, you bring in, once again, that law of attraction. And people see other, I believe, I truly believe that we want to help one another and see one another rise when you're in that frequency, when you're in that mindset. 
And so you see people along the way that give you that little boost, like, oh, well, you could try this. And people want to see you thrive. And if you have that ambition and that power and that force and that drive, it is inspiring to those around you. Mm. And I didn't even recognize that's what was happening in my world because I was such a locomotive. I'm like, I'm mm. going. Mm. And people mm. are like, oh, well, oh, you could use. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, she's no, gone. What the hell? It's in my caboose. I'm yeah. like, finally able to catch up with all of those gifts and everything. It's just, yeah. So just, just go. Just do it. Because we got one life to live. What's stopping you? The Great. only body, the only person that can stop you is you. Great advice. Um, with that advice, I always have um, a portion of my podcast where call it the megaphone mm. exercise, and essentially it's similar things like words of advice. But if you had a megaphone to uh, all the senior executives mm. of corporate organizations, these are you know people usually in suits maybe not as of late because of you know covid and work from home but in general you think of the white collar uh, corporate style ceo executives um i i put that as a bit of a tarnished view mm-hmm. on purpose because i also am very cognizant that these people these leaders have a heart of course they're human beings mm-hmm. They may have a extra load of responsibility, mm-hmm. a duty of care for their employees, mm-hmm. but also duty to you know financial stakeholders and investors as well too. Mm-hmm. That have to keep them as a locomotive going and going and going. You know, what kind of words would you share with them if you had a megaphone to speak into their ear on the way that business and corporate? Is headed now mm-hmm. from just someone who's experienced a world of amazing challenges mm-hmm. but yet opportunities as well too mm-hmm. what words would you say to them um, just mm-hmm. any <laughs> words uh, firstly I would say thank you I would absolutely say thank you because I could only imagine what pressure and stress and whatever else they must be under and I could have taken that road and I chose not to and so I say thank you Uh, and nextly I would say maybe take a load off (laughs) Um, don't take yourself so seriously don't take your business so seriously Learn, if you can, to have fun with it and to find the passion and the drive that actually brought you to that position in the beginning. Like, what made you want that? Maybe, okay, there's obviously a little bit of greed and whatever sprinkled in there. We all have that. We are human. But we do all have a heart. And maybe remembering the duality of this world of the yin and the yang and the, the light and the dark and all of those things, we... I feel as if um, when we climb that ladder too rapidly, the darkness can take over. So just remember that there's a light inside of you and to use your heart and follow that. And yeah, reach out. Reach out if you need extra help and support because it's all around. You don't have to do it alone. Period. Exclamation point. Mic drop. (laughs) Nice. That was really, really nice. And I think that... uh, a lot of the guests that I've had on, on this podcast, it's, I think there are people who are so passionate and 
I find that sometimes they they get washed up in the passion, mm-hmm. and and henceforth something that I'm that I feel that some of the leaders may say is that when you want to take a load off, mm-hmm. it's like why do I want to take a load off my passion? Mm-hmm. But where I'm finding that is there's the the delineation between passion drive and what you love versus things that may be skewed towards that it's not actually the passion it's something that they have to do which is a part and parcel of their passion and drive so i think when you say the the idea of this duality in the world right there's the the harmony the balance Mm -hmm. the light and the dark and and whatnot the hard and the soft Mm -hmm. right it's so necessary to take a step back and think about that absolutely and you even think about your whole system your central nervous system you have a parasympathetic nervous system and a sympathetic nervous system we need rest Mm. it's in our nature Mm -hmm. we need to rest Mm -hmm. so we can be that locomotive again in Mm. the morning Mm. that's so true um with that being said um i want to thank you Mm. for this is this passed by super quickly and um, I do want to like uh, have a final ask of you, which is, um, what words of wisdom do you have for people now that we are in a sort of a post-COVID or are still working through it? Mm-hmm. What message do you want to send out there to anyone, for that matter? I mean, it could be business, but just any message. I actually. Can I read a poem? Of course. Yeah. I wrote this poem yesterday and I think it I think it would maybe answer the question. Cool. So it's called Now is the Time. I suppose now is the time. Many of us have gone inward and done the work to heal. We have cleansed our minds, our bodies, and connected to our earth and spirit. We have remembered and awakened our ancestors' calling. We are powerful, we are strong, we are grateful, we are loving. I suppose now is the time. A silent revolution is how we live and thrive. We have recognized there will always be a balancing factor of light and dark. Now we may truly be free to the fact that it is and it just is. The focus of our minds and the love in our hearts and peace within our being, we know we have already won. So all of that is to say just once again thank you to every human that shows up on this planet in the skin that they're in doing what they do because every single part we are the part of the whole you are the part of the whole can you say that the last part in Spanish oh god (laughs) bueno somos la única del todo el parte del mundo <laughs> Wonderful. Thank Como you so much. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> this has been a really good time, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, we'll send details about Danny's contact. I'm sure she's happy to talk to anybody who For needs sure. speaking to. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you.